later tonight, I will be speaking with Ethan, and I'm very much looking forward to it because I find his story very unique. Uh, he was supposed to be in Taipei for six months, and that's what he planned on doing. Uh, but after six months, he changed his mind and made the decision to stay in Taipei for now going on four years plus. Uh, I have spoken to him in person for about 10 minutes. We met um, about half a year ago, almost a year ago now. And I've been following his journey on Instagram, and I'm very much looking forward to learning more about his background, his story, why he decided to do what he did. Um, so I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I will. Talk to you soon. Okay, well, I still, I still have, have to, to deliver, deliver, right? I can't, I can't just, just say, say, oh, well, never mind. Predict the size of the boat you need based on how many confirmed guests you have throughout the week. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Work From Home Nomad podcast. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 21 of the Work From Home Nomad podcast. I'm here today with Ethan. Um, thanks for joining the pod, Ethan. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, my man. How about yourself? Doing well. Um, so the reason why I wanted to... Uh, chat with Ethan, and I explained this in the pre-video, but um, I not only find your story compelling, I find it very inspiring, because originally you were planning on being in Taipei for six months, and now it's been four plus, or you just correct me, I think five plus years now, right? Yeah, so yeah. I was wondering if you could maybe dive into that a little bit, um, but I guess first, uh, would you mind introducing yourself to the audience, and, and then you can dive into the... Uh, to, to why five plus years in Taipei? Yeah, definitely. Uh, my name is Ethan Ho. Uh, I am from Southern Indiana, a small city called Columbus. Uh, right after college, I went to Chicago uh, to work for a hospitality management company uh, and then uh, started my own business. Uh, didn't have to stay in Chicago. So then I decided to uh, travel, sell all my stuff, uh, and pack all my things in two suitcases and head to Europe. Uh, and then I was in Europe for a little bit. Uh, and then uh, some some things happened. And then I uh, decided to go to Bali, Indonesia. And then after Bali, I went to Taipei and I was only going to stay there for six months. Uh, but then I really found a really amazing community uh, in Taipei. So then I decided to, I was only going to stay for six months, but ended up being there for over five years, my man. That's awesome. And uh, just so that the audience know, I've speak I've spoken to Ethan for probably a total of 10 minutes in real life. Uh, we met in Taipei at one of the events that he hosted December 2022, I want to say. And it was around, like, I think December or January around there. Or, or yeah, it was either right before or right after New Year's. And yeah. I had just met Ethan because our mutual friend, Andrew Chang, who's actually in New York right now, shout out to Andrew for connecting us. Uh, he recommended for me to attend one of your events. Uh, and I went to the event, I shook your hand and you asked me where I'm from. And I said, oh, I'm from Oklahoma. And you said, no way, I'm also from the Midwest. Um, and so I, I really know Ethan very much on the surface. So everything he just said, I had just learned for the first time. So. It's, uh, I think it's pretty cool that um, you had uh, you made that decision. You were you were in Chicago, hospitality management, went to Europe, went to Bali, went to Taiwan. Um, I guess like friends back at home, did they think you were crazy? Um, you know, yeah, leading like up my, to, to to present day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, my friends were like, "Why the hell are you going?" Like I had a very very comfortable life with a lot of really good friends that I was leaving behind. Um, but yeah, I was just like, I, I watched this YouTube series called Yes Theory. Uh, I'm not sure if you heard of them. Mm -mm. Nope. What okay, it? well, it's, it's all about saying yes uh, and getting outside your comfort zone. Uh, and I remember I did an internship in Beijing and I, I didn't know anyone and I always say yes to everything, right? So if everyone was like, hey, do you want to come out to salsa dancing? I'd be like, yeah, sure. I'd say yes to everything uh, just to meet new friends in that in like those certain like those new locations. But when I was in Chicago, uh, don't get me wrong, like hanging out with the same people over and over again is fine. Um, but it just felt repetitive. I'd be doing the same mm -hmm. things over and over and over again. So it, like whether it just be going out drinking, um, playing poker, 
Um, so I just wanted something else to stimulate my mind and then also get me outside that comfort zone. Cause you meet so many mm -hmm. cool people, uh, if you decide to get outside of that, your little comfort zone that you're in and, uh, yeah. And that's led me to where I am today. That's awesome. And back to the, uh, you, you have your, a, a great community in Taipei. Uh, you've made friends, you've Thank gotten you. outside Thank your you. comfort zone and you hosted that event that I attended. Uh, and a couple of things that, you know, a couple of takeaways from that event. Number one, very personable. Number two, uh, you were very, very vocal and got everybody to take a group picture, which I was like, oh, this guy, I could, I can F with this guy. This guy's cool. Um, but can you tell, I mean, can you explain a little bit more about, you know, the community that you formed, the friends that you've made? Because uh, I feel like that's not something that everybody's comfortable with. And if you could share some insight, would appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Um, so again, I left uh, Chicago, like all my good friends. Uh, and then when I came to Taiwan, I flew here. And then I realized I had no friends. Right. So I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Um, so then I, uh, I hosted these type of events in Chicago. So I was a social director um, of this thing called TAP, Taiwanese American Professionals in, in, in Chicago. Uh, so basically, I would find a location uh, and negotiate like a deal with them. So I'd be like, hey, I need a buy one, get one for free uh, with free food. Um, and then I will bring X many people to your establishment on an off night. So Monday through Thursday. So it's like more business for them and then good deals for the consumer, right? Um, so then I decided to host my first meetup. Uh, so I posted it on meetup.com. And then I was, like, I was like, as long as one person comes, I'll be happy. Uh, so I posted it and then two people came. So it's just me, uh, my girlfriend, my best friend, and then two, two random people. Uh, and then I just kept on hosting and hosting and hosting every single month. Um, and one of the things actually, sorry, going back is I attended a meetup first, um, on the meetup.com, but it was the bar itself that was hosting the meetup to get new business. So it's basically like you, you, I got to the bar and then I was like, oh, I'm, I'm here for the meetup. And then the person was like, oh, just sit over there. You know, it was the bar that was hosting the meetup. It wasn't personable at all. So like, like you just said, like you just mentioned, like I try to make my events. I try to like as much as I can, I try to talk to everyone, try to introduce myself. If I see someone that's like standing um, like alone and like not knowing, like, like feeling a little awkward, I go up and introduce myself. I talk to them or I pair them with another person. I'm like, oh, hey, you should meet this so-and-so. Um, so that's like a little reason behind why I started. And then I just kept on hosting. I mean, consistency with anything is key, right? So right. Um, yeah, just kept on hosting. And then, so I went from five people and then the largest one was around over 300 people. So if you're ever in Taiwan, the people that are watching this, uh, feel free to hit a person <laughs> and he can give you the, the invite link. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. The way that Andrew gave me the invite link for yours. Uh, no, that's, that's great. And just so you know, today's a very Taiwanese night for me. Uh, it's basically 10 PM in New York, 10 AM in Tai Taiwan. Uh, I told my mother about this podcast. Uh, I take this podcast episode personally because I'm also Taiwanese American. So, um, it's pretty cool to see you do what you're doing. And then I also made a uh, homemade Tong Yoping, Scallion pancakes and Zajamian. I just made it and Dude, um like that's my favorite. I... <laughs> Literally, Man, if you were here, I would have given oh, you some. My goodness. Yeah. Um I shared it with our family line and everybody was like, Oh shit, nice Wilson. Uh oh, didn't think like, you wow, had it in you. They're like finally <laughs> yeah. making the family proud. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um a couple of questions about being Taiwanese. What was it like growing up in Indiana, Columbus, Indiana, you said? Uh, yeah, as yeah. a Taiwanese American, uh, you know, it sounds very white dominant, kind of like my situation in Oklahoma. So I was wondering if you had any insights there. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, growing up, uh, there was probably like, like probably around four Asian families. Uh, so out of my graduating class of 550 people, uh, there was one other Asian kid uh, in that class. So again, uh, lots of bullying, lots of name calling. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, uh, I try to live a pretty 
or at least have a pretty positive attitude. Uh, so, so moving to Taiwan from, uh, or just going to Asia and living in Asia, uh, when I was doing my hospitality internship there, it was pretty eye opening. I was like, wow, mm -hmm. there's just so many more people that, you know, use chopsticks, right? Uh, <laughs> instead of like forks, I was just like, oh, mm -hmm. this is pretty mind blowing. And I was like, I believe I was 20, like 20 at the time. Mm -hmm. So yep. like at 20 years old, I was like, oh, wow, shit. There's like people, people like me you know, out here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, so that's a little bit of a summarized version. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I, th I think growing up in Oklahoma, there was actually surprisingly an Asian community. We actually had a Chinatown and I remember growing up eating dim sum every Saturdays with my, uh, my parents and my sister. Uh, we would yeah. go up to Oklahoma city uh, and the Cantonese food was actually pretty uh, ditao. Uh, it was like, very genuine. Um, oh, and I was in Oklahoma, so, out of all places. In Oklahoma City, you would have never guessed, right? Uh, yeah. By the way, how's your uh, how's your Mandarin? If you're if you've been in Taiwan for five years, oh, probably pretty good. No, well, the Yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 um, it's good and bad. I I try to use my Mandarin as much as possible, but mm -hmm. um, you know, all of my friends are ABCs. So, yeah. you know, I use, I use like my Mandarin, if I need to go places like addresses, uh, telling the taxi driver where to go. Um, and then when ordering like food at the restaurant, I'm just like, well, y'all tigga, nigga. And then <laughs> yeah. I just like, look at like the, like the pictures. Uh, but, yeah. but I've been like, I took a Chinese class. Um, so when I first got here, not when I first got here, about like two years in, I took a class, a Mandarin class, um, at NTU. So where mm -hmm. it teaches you how to uh, read and write. So before I came here, I didn't know how to read and write. Now I know like your most simple terms. So cool, nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so for those people wondering if you uh, wondering if you should move to Taiwan, even if you don't know any Mandarin, yes, yes, you can. <laughs> it, it's helpful, but you can get by a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, and I think especially in Taipei, uh, it's just such a big international city, uh, and I think that. You know, what's interesting is, you know, I, I've been around in Latin America, Europe, um, the, the, you know, I have an Asian face. Uh, and I, I think a couple of years ago when I was in Mexico, it really stuck out. But today, if I were to be in Mexico City, I could be perceived as a uh, Mexican. If I was in Brazil, the entire country, people think I'm Brazilian because of um, decades of histories of generations of uh, Asian Japanese immigrants. So I think this globalization thing is, uh, becoming more of a reality as time goes on. But I think still in Taiwan, if you see somebody who's not Asian, then it's, it's still like, oh, okay, probably a foreigner. Um, yeah. maybe not so prevalent in mainland. I don't know how you feel about that. Or if you had any opinions on that, just because there's, you know, history of, of business, uh, in, in China with, um, Western countries, but yeah, um, let's switch gears to this question. Did you ever consider living in other countries other than Taiwan? Uh, and the, is the idea that you have family in Taiwan, a, a, a big factor? And if so, how, how big of a factor was it? Yeah, so um, I definitely saw myself uh, traveling around uh, and living in other countries for sure. And the fact that I had family in Taiwan was definitely a big motivator in me coming. So uh, the initial six months is because uh, the reason why I had six months in my head was I was going to come here and, um, you know, my parents, uh, my dad is one of six um, siblings. Okay, and he was the only one that flew to the US. Um, so I would go back to Taiwan like once every like year and a half, two years, but I wasn't very close um, with my cousins at all. So one of my main goals um, at the time was, you know, to come back and get a little bit closer because it's sort of sad, you know, if, um, you know, when my, if, when my parents do pass away or whatever, um, and I come back and I'm not really close to my cousins because my dad's family is very very tight-knit so like mm -hmm. they they see each other every single day 
like whenever they're in town, they all hang out together. Um, they can just drop by uh, my Dakugu's house anytime they want. Um, so that was very, very important to me. And then that's still something that I'm trying to work on as well. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Literally, my mother is one of six kids, and she was the only yeah. one who went to the U.S. So, oh, wow. Very, very so, similar stories. I know, right? Um, did you ever consider any other cities in Taiwan? Um, and then did you consider maybe somewhere, you know, close, but also a different place, like maybe Hong Kong or Singapore, Seoul? Um, and then what ultimately decided or ultimately made you decide now, nah, let's just stick into Taiwan or Taipei. Um, so man, I just loved, uh, in terms of your question of where else in Taipei would I go? I think I would just stick with the city, uh, Taipei city, just because it has everything. Um, it has like your night markets. So it has like your Tongyo Bing that you can get like freshly made to your, um, you know, if you're feeling a little bougie and you want to treat yourself to like a nice Michelin star meal, uh, you have that as well. Um, so yeah, I, and I also like the big city feel. And then uh, what was your other question? Sorry. Did you consider like going outside of Taiwan, like close, maybe Hong Kong or Singapore or Seoul? Um, so the whole entire purpose of me coming here was used to, is, was to use Taiwan as a base. And then because it's so close to all these South, like, um, like Southeast Asian countries. So I'd use it as a base. And then in, in Taiwan, comparatively speaking, is pretty cheap in terms of rent compared to all mm -hmm. these other um cities so so yeah i would just use uh taiwan as a hub and then travel to all the other countries around nice and you recently went to europe i noticed yeah. on your instagram um how was that and you were gone for a while right and uh yeah how was the so trip? so i was gone for 45 days ish um and yeah so basically i don't have a taiwanese citizenship so i'm here on a u.s passport um, so every three months I have to leave Taiwan and then come back in. So it was part of oh, like nice. a visa run. Um, and then I've already done all of like Southeast Asia. So I was like, you know what, let's switch it up. Uh, let's go to Europe. And then also, uh, there was a festival at the time that I wanted to attend, uh, in Europe. So I was just like, okay, it, it makes sense. Uh, and then my girlfriend, Judy, she really loves Paris. Um, so she was like, um, can we go to Paris? And I was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. And it just worked out that, uh, you know, one of our friends, um, that we met at core actually, which is crazy. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> uh, she had a place, uh, that was available for the times that we needed. Um, so yeah, so then flew to, we did Milan and then after Milan, we went to Belgium, Belgium, we went to Paris and then Paris, um, like whenever I do travel, um, my type of travel is to actually like live there for like a longer duration and experience life itself. It's not to like go to these places and go to all the tourist attractions and take pictures. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, right. so, so I, I truly enjoyed myself in Paris living like a Parisian for those 35, 40 days. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and how do you, um, I, I guess shifting gears a little bit too, uh, because you used to be in hospitality management. Are you still in that um, field? No. Uh, so, um, yeah. So after uh, school, I started a, um, after college, I started a side product. It was called the iFlask. It's a flask that looks like a smartphone. It's actually right here. Uh, so you can drink oh. whatever, wherever you like discreetly. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I was working this on this on the side while working at this hospitality management company. Um, and then I hated it. I hated the hospitality management company. I was working, um, 10 plus hours a day, um, getting paid pretty shit for what, uh, the, the hours that I was putting in. Um, and then, yeah, we just made a, we made a Kickstarter for this thing. Um, we created a really shitty website and, uh, the pre-orders just started coming in. Uh, and I made, uh, twice my yearly salary in a month. Um, wow. yeah. And then I stayed at the hospitality management company until I got my bonus. So until the bonus, my yearly bonus hit my account. Uh, and then I put my two weeks in and then I told myself, um, you know, I'm going to try this thing full time for three to six months. And mm -hmm. I, I'm in a very fortunate position where if I fail, I won't be homeless. Right. 
Um, right. So if I fail, I can always go live with my parents or get another job, you know? Um, right. So then I was like, all right, I'm going to give myself three to six months. If I fail, I'll go back and get another job. And uh, yeah, and we're here today. So nice. it's pretty, pretty crazy. Um, so this was the first product that we developed, me and my partner. Um, and then I did this full time uh, for about until around 2017. So, okay. um, so just flipping flasks, man, uh, manufacturing these <laughs> things, inventing products. And then this is our second flat, or this is our second product, uh, the stash pad. Oh, wow. So it's okay. A, it's an iPad size flask uh, that holds uh, 12 shots. And then it holds four mini cigarellos. So it's just like gag gifts. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff that go in. Like, even though it might seem really stupid, there's like a lot of engineering that goes involved into these things. Um, so from like the open close valve, I had to work with like, a, a, like, a, like an engineer. So it looks like this. Let me take it out of the box. It's like this valve up here was a pain in the ass. What kind of O-rings we had to put in here and whatnot. Has a bottle opener mm -hmm. on the back. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this is a little... Uh, that's, that's like my first uh, invention product. Cool. So is yeah. this, um, are, are you in the e-commerce business or are you in the product development business? Uh, I'm in both. So I both. Okay. built cool. the whole entire thing from scratch, oh, wow. uh, from, okay. uh, from thought, from idea to end consumer. And then I basically oversaw the whole entire product lifecycle of the thing. And then I was also the janitor. I was the salesman. I was the, I was all hats, man. <laughs> I was, you know, cool. the business development guy. Yeah. So mm -hmm. very cool. Um, and back to you, you mentioned your, your girlfriend, I think I met her briefly that evening, maybe. Um, yeah, but you did definitely you guys, did. Yeah. Did you guys meet in Taiwan or before? Uh, so we met in Taiwan. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Right. Nice. Right. When I moved, right. When I moved here. So okay. uh, I got here in September and then I met her in October, November. That's awesome. And was she in a similar situation um, as you in terms of, hey, like, I'm just going to leave and go to Taiwan and, and see what happens? Yeah. So um, she was in a very, very similar uh, situation. So she decided cool. just to leave. So maybe the second guest on your podcast. It will, it will <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. So she, she left mm. uh, her nine to five to go pursue a uh, singing career, which is a very, okay. very interesting story as well. Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. Um, Awesome. So shifting gears to the future, uh, where do you see yourself long term? And the reason and you know, let me interrupt myself there real quick, because I think whenever I retire, regardless, I, I don't know if I'll, I'll be in the US. Uh, you know, we're looking at places like Lisbon. Um, I mean, it's going to be saturated in, in a decade or two, because everybody's going to Lisbon now to retire. But um, yeah. Or at least like a, a good amount uh, to where now it's just very expensive. But, you know, I'm looking at places like, you know, where, can, where it's low cost next to the beach. Uh, and so I'm already thinking about these things, you know, A, I love traveling and B, I like saving money and spending money um, at a lower cost. So I'm curious if you had any of those aspirations. Um, do you plan on staying in Taiwan? Uh, is it still a big question mark? What are your thoughts there? Um, yeah. So uh, if we do decide to have kids, I would probably go back to the States. So that's also a big, a big factor. Uh, but for now, uh, truly, truly, truly enjoying life in Taiwan. Again, like you said, um, the low cost of living, um, the, the tax benefits that you get uh, for living outside the United States. Um, yeah, it just, it just makes sense. So nice. Cool. Yeah. Where's um, outside of Taiwan? I mean, it, it can be Taiwan if, if, if it is, but where's your favorite place you've traveled to? Um, I would say, well, it depends on what you're looking for, right? Um, if you're looking for like, like nice, bougie, um, like good meals, um, then I would say, you know, go to Europe. If you're mm -hmm. looking for like cheap east, cheap eats, save as much as possible. Um, be in an environment with other grinders, you know, where there's a lot of communities out there, like with like co-working spaces and whatnot. Uh, I lived in Bali for like a total of like six or seven months, um, 
and I was in this small town called Chenggu. Um, and that place, I was just like, damn, there's so many more people out here um, doing really cool things. Um, and it just like being in that environment motivates you, right? You're like, oh mm -hmm. shit, like these people are, you know, some of them are even living better lives than you. Um, and it just, it, it, it makes you, um, you know, focus on some of the, you maybe if you're slacking off a little bit, you know, you're like, right. oh shit, mm -hmm. like this guy's like out here grinding, you know, he's, he's crushing it. You know, there's mm -hmm. people that I met out there when I was doing e-commerce, they were doing maybe 10 to 20 X my revenue. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh shit, like there's a lot that I can learn from, you know, out there as well. So just uh, yeah. to, to answer your question or to summarize it, uh, yeah, just depends on what you're looking for. Um, yeah. If you want to save money, then go to like Southeast Asia. If you're mm -hmm. looking for like beautiful, uh, good food, uh, like uh, live music, Paris. Nice. Uh, what has, I mean, it's interesting that you say that when you were in uh, Chenggu, you met people who have like 20 X revenue as uh, your business. I mean, like just like reflecting on all of that, um, what has been like a big lesson uh, lessons learned for you in terms of uh, your e-commerce e e career and product development? Um, let me see here. So the, the biggest thing that I learned was, um, that you don't need to do a nine to five, sort of like what your, your podcast is all about, that you can have, you can make that much money and you can also have that freedom. And mm -hmm. when I was seeing these people like working the same amount of hours of, as me, if not like less, but bringing in like 10 to 20 X the revenue, I'm like, Oh shit. Like there, there's so much opportunity out there to make money. Um, other than like, you know, sitting at a desk, right. Mm -hmm. and, right. and sitting at a desk will only get you, like so far, right? Every mm -hmm. year you only get max, what, 10%, 7%, even probably less than that of a salary increase, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where of course there's a lot more risk. And if, you know, you you value stability over, you know, uh, shoulda, coulda, woulda, if, if this thing uh, will take off or if it even could take off, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's all about, I think, you know, personality types as well. For sure. Um, was there ever, okay, because like, whenever I reflect on my own career or just like life in general, I think about the the paths that I took and I could have taken instead. And then it's literally a decision tree. And ultimately it leads to where you are today at any point during that decision tree. Um, I mean, were there any like, Oh, I'm so glad I did this or thank God I did this. Um, and it sounds like one of those was moving to Taiwan, but was curious if you had any other stories like that. Um, let me see here. Like in terms of like where other like where other people are in their careers versus where I am, or is that sort of the question that no, you? No, just asking? for you, just for you. Um, let me see here. Like, oh, I'm I so glad I, I went to Europe. You know, <laughs> it's might might be a concrete, uh, too too abstract of a question, but um, what I'm trying to get at is, uh, like. For example, for me, I, I left Houston in my oil and gas job because I want to pursue a software career. And I went to San Francisco. I was like, fuck it. I don't, I don't know anybody. Uh, very similar situation to you. Like, I, I just didn't know anybody there. I mean, I yeah. knew like one or two people, but I wasn't super tight with them. Uh, and now like, you know, years later, I'm, I'm here in software. I'm, I'm really glad I chose this career path. Um, you know, obviously like there's still a lot of stepping stones left. Um, but that to me was like a big point in my life where, wow, I'm so glad I did that. I could have stayed maybe in oil and gas, but I don't think that was, that would have been the right decision for me. I was curious if yeah. you had any breaking points like that. Okay. I see. So, yeah. So I, I don't think I have that personality type to, um, sit at a desk and listen to someone tell me what to do. Uh, mm -hmm. So in a sense, like by leaving my nine to five, it made me, um, you know, I guess hustle and grind as hard as possible so I can mm -hmm. sustain this lifestyle um, mm -hmm. to wake up whenever the hell I want to. Um, but it's all on me. You know, if mm -hmm. I don't, if I wake up whenever the hell I want, and, I, and I'm not grinding and I'm not making money, then I'm going to fail, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
So, so the fact that it's just, I guess the freedom that it's allowed me is something that I'm very, very grateful for. Nice. And then, uh, you mentioned your visa situation, your U S passport. I'm assuming it's because your, uh, military restrictions. That's why I don't have a Taiwanese passport and why my sister has one, but not me. (laughs) Um, so you're, you're required to leave Taiwan for a temporary time. Where's next? Uh, so I'm going to, uh, Guangzhou. So Guangzhou is next. Um, it is where my girlfriend's uh, family will be at the time. So we'll be going to Guangzhou. Nice. Yeah, no particular uh, reason. I used to go to Guangzhou a ton for uh, my manufacturer. So my manufacturer okay. was based in Guangzhou. So I go there a lot. So it'd be nice seeing Guangzhou again. Nice. Uh, okay. So you've been there before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there a couple of years ago. So in, mainla- in mainland, I've been to Shanghai, Guangzhou, Shenzhen, Dalian. Uh, I think that's it, but I just remembered the dim sum was so good. Uh, yeah, the food, so, the food yeah. there is, is on another level, so that's what I'm excited for. How, how would you compare it with Taiwan? Which one's better for you? Uh, well, I, I, the sample size is very, very different, right? So I've been living here mm-hmm. for five years, and I was only there for like max a week. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go with Taiwan on that one. <laughs> I will say, I think uh, on the topic of food, um, I do think that my favorite is uh, Cantonese food. I, I will have to give it to them. Like even the Cantonese, just like it, they, they do it right. They do it right. And it's not just dim sum. It's just like small things. Like, uh, I don't know, like my, my sister and I, we really like gan chao niu he. Um, that's like one of our favorite dishes. It's not even a, uh, a, a dim sum dish, but, uh, and the kanji it's, it's Cantonese. So good. It's the, um, it's like soupy. It's uh porridge. Uh, I, I love that. I actually, there's a lot of restaurants like that here in New York. Um, and then I, but, I really like, yeah, go ahead. I was like, but in New York, they cost like 30 X the price of what they do <laughs> in China. <laughs> I love how, uh, I think it was, was a month ago. My mother visited me in, uh, Thai, uh, sorry, in, in New York. And we went to Flushing. I don't know if you've been to New York before, but Flushing is like an area where it's all the ages, you know, yeah, there's there's Chinatown in Manhattan, but then there's Flushing, where it's, in my opinion, way better Chinese food. Uh, but I took a picture. There was like 15 really good northern style dumplings. And you're like, let me guess, that cost you $20. And I was like, dude, how did you know? Yeah. That would have been $5 in, in Taiwan or something like that. But less, <laughs> less than that, man. You get like homemade like dumplings fresh off the grill for like 10 cents a piece. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I, I really like Mexican food, Mexican food. And I think Taiwanese food, it's, it's, uh, I think Asian food overall, it just can't be beat in my opinion. I'm obviously very biased. Um, and you know, I, I'm going to all these different places in Latin America and Europe. Uh, I'm trying to get a good taste of every, you know, country and culture, that's like yeah. one of my goals too. Um, but I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's, and I really admire that you're doing what you're doing. Um, and I think my sister is more patriotic, Taiwanese patriotic than I am, but uh, it's cool that, you know, for, for me, I, I need to just be appreciative. And even whenever I went back to Taiwan while you're in Europe, unfortunately it was sad. We couldn't meet up, but, um, you know, the, the family values and the, the cultural values, they're still there for me. Um, and I think it's, it's just super important. Um, so very grateful of that. Um, let's see. What about, um, have you traveled around in like Latin America or, or Africa at all? Unfortunately not. Uh, but that's something that is like on my list for sure. I want to mm-hmm. do the safaris. Yeah. Yeah. I went to, I've had a couple yeah. of friends go and it's just like, damn, like they're literally in the wilderness, like right next to like a lion or a cheetah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went to Africa a couple of years ago. Um, I did a full Africa trip, South Africa, Madagascar, Tanzania, Kenya, Uganda, Ethiopia. 
but I haven't been back. Uh, this was a couple years ago, and I do have a friend right now in, I think, Zimbabwe. But anyways, I, I'm just scared of the internet. Um, I, I don't know about you. Like, do you, does your job, by the way, does your job require you to have just really strong internet connection at all times? Um, um, like, are you in meetings just, all day? Yeah, it requires me to be able to be on a uh, Zoom call. So yeah. whatever internet you need for that, um, as long as it doesn't lag or anything like that, then, then we should be good to go. Yeah. Interesting. Same thing. Same thing with me. Yeah. Um, uh, Africa, uh, wh what about Latin America? Uh, Latin America. No, I haven't, I haven't been anywhere there either. Basically I've only been to, uh, Europe and then mm -hmm. also Taiwan. Uh, but I'm just mm -hmm. trying to spend, uh, as much time as I, I can here with family. Um, nice. Yeah. Very cool. Like as you get older, you realize, you know, you know, that people aren't getting any younger. So <laughs> yeah, spending, for spending sure. More time with family here. Um, yeah. Nice. And then in Taiwan, um, what do you, what do you like to do in your spare time, um, that you wouldn't be able to do in like Indiana or Chicago other than see oh. family? Oh yeah. I mean, Night markets. Mm -hmm. There yeah. is, uh, yeah, there's no night markets there. Like night markets are one of my favorite things in Taipei. Uh, such good food, such good history. Um, yeah, that's something that I, I truly enjoy doing. Other than that, I mean, you could do most of the things that uh, you could do uh, in Chicago that you could do in Taiwan. So mm -hmm. if you want to go you? salsa dancing, you can. If you want to go out to bars, fancy bars, restaurants, you can also do that. Uh, but just mm -hmm. not at the price point that you'd probably like. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So that's why so it you, makes Taiwan so great. It's so yeah. affordable. Do you have... Rel uh, relatively or, speaking. Yeah. So you know how to salsa dance? Uh, I've I've tried. I've taken a couple classes. Um, I see all these guys out there doing like leading girls. I'm just like, oh, wow. Like, that's a good, that's a good skill to have. When I was single. Uh, now I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I took salsa dancing lessons in San Francisco, uh, okay. and I'm glad I did it. It's it's just really fun, and yeah, it, it's it's so fun. And then when I went to Paris, I was like, "There's such a culture there, you know, um, of just like we went to this place along the uh, Saint Elysee, and mm -hmm. um, it was just like four or five different huge groups of different kinds of dancing. So there was like swing dancing, salsa dancing, a bachata. Uh, uh, and like a couple other ones. And I was just like, wow, like, um, the, the culture here is so rich. It's something that you would never find, uh, in Taiwan. Right. So mm -hmm. you wouldn't just on a random Tuesday evening at like 7 PM there, you wouldn't find like thousands of people out just like dancing to music on the street. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, th I was in a Maji square a couple months ago and I, it was like bachata night or something. I can't remember. Okay. It was a Mexican, it was a Mexican restaurant. Uh, this was, yeah, this was like January around the time whenever I met you. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah. Um, and there's like a Brazilian restaurant there now there's an Argentinian, uh, steakhouse or something. So there's a, there's a lot of the diverse restaurants there at Maji Square. Yeah, so they're they're coming out with a lot of diverse things here in Taipei. Like I went to like a Turkish restaurant, um a uh, what other like Ethiopian restaurant I think. Um Damn. so yeah, it's uh, and you're you're seeing more and more um foreigners come come to Taipei just because mm -hmm. of how like friendly the people are, the cost of living and then also um yeah, it's just uh, a different place probably than what they were previously used used to you know yeah mm -hmm. yeah for sure uh i want to say that like uh so it's so funny whenever i was in taiwan in december i joined a brazilian group because i speak a little okay. portuguese and nice. it, it was just really cool because everybody was living in taipei everybody was speaking portuguese in the line uh, but yeah, everybody was like, oh my God, you got to go to the Brazilian corner. Like I opened the store. Uh, it's just like these little communities. Uh, I felt so welcomed, even though I'm clearly not Brazilian. Yeah. Um, and 
you get these like different groups. And I think like, just, this is probably true anywhere else, not just specific to Taiwan. Uh, but you can join like Facebook groups if you're an expat. Uh, and I don't know, I don't know how you feel, but whenever I'm abroad, I feel like I have an edge and it's just like, well, I have nothing to lose. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not from here. Um, and, and now you're just, uh, trying to make new friends and then you're, you're joining new groups. Uh, yeah, cause if you do like join a new group mm -hmm. and you do make a fool of yourself, like whatever, who cares? Right. Yeah. Like, you're, 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 well, like in the back of your head, you can have that mentality. Right. So like, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I totally get what you're, what you're saying too. It's just like also being in a different environment. Um, I guess it just depends on the person too. Um, but like, if you're like an extrovert, you want to go out and explore. Um, and yeah, so, uh, like they, Taiwan has those things. And that's why I created the group that I have as well. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, anyone, anyone can come and join the Facebook group, uh, and come out to the event. Uh, and mm -hmm. hopefully you meet new people. If you don't, you know, at least you, you came out, right. You saw something different. Um, yeah. if you, if you made mm -hmm. nothing out of it, if, if anything, the best case scenario, you walk away with one person or a story that you, um, you know, you didn't know. So sort of like right. us, right. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> I met you for like five minutes added each other on Instagram and then we're, we're here today. So, yeah, that's crazy. Um, uh, and Let's see, two follow-ups to that. Do you have, um, I guess a random question. Do you have a car or do you just take subways and taxis? No, and I, I have no car and I live super far away. So I live <laughs> at, uh, I live in Downsway. So for the people that don't know, yeah. it's like, uh, like an hour um, via the subway uh, up north of Taipei. <laughs> um, so it's an hour away and I don't, don't have a car. Um, I just don't, I don't want to take the, my license uh, from Indiana doesn't convert, um, to an international driver's license in Taiwan. So I was just like, Oh, I'm too lazy to like take the test. Um, and, and plus it's in Mandarin. Uh, mm -hmm. and then, um, yeah, just it's Taipei is so convenient. I walk like five minutes to get to the, the station and I'm in within an hour I'm in the city. So, yeah. Nice. Um, what is something about, and okay, so I guess actually before I ask this question, uh, I think whenever my friends in the US they go to Asia, they're always going to Tokyo, they're going to Hong Kong, maybe they're going to Singapore, they're going to Thailand. Yeah. But I feel like Taiwan gets overlooked a lot. Um, so you know, what is what do you think is something about Taiwan that people should know about? Um, that it has literally everything from, uh, like, again, like I said earlier, it has like your, your cheap eats to your, your fine dining. It has, uh, hiking. It has uh, a lot of outdoor activities that you guys can do. We, we have Yaming San, we have Sun Moon Lake, we have Jade Mountain. Uh, we have like a, um, private-esque like beach-ish thing in Kinting. Uh, mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of things that. I think uh, because of COVID, Taiwan was put more so on the map. Now I have friends saying, oh, uh, you know, I, I want to stop by. I want to I see what Taiwan's all about. Uh, so mm -hmm. I think slowly over time, people will start seeing that, you know, Taipei is, um, you know, one of those cities that they should be putting on their, um, like, want-to-go list. Yeah. And I think, like, in the 2000s and 2010s, I, I don't know about your experience, but for me, I would tell people, oh, my parents are from Taiwan. They'd be like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. Like, I want to go to Chiang Mai. I want to go to yeah, Bangkok, yeah, too. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 come on. This is, like, way different. That's like saying Canada is the same thing as the U.S. Um, but because of recent geopolitics um, between Taiwan and China, I think people are starting to finally realize the differences. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, have you experienced that before? And then have you experienced something different because of the recent geopolitics between China and Taiwan? Yeah. So in terms of um, like, I'm like, hey, guys, you guys should all come to Taiwan. And they're like, really? Is it is it safe to come to Taiwan? <laughs> like, aren't they going to get in a war with China soon? Uh, I, I sort of stay out of politics. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was uh, interesting that like, at least for me, personally speaking, um, you know, Taipei is fine, right? It's like everybody's mm -hmm. living everyday life. Uh, I feel like it's more so just like 
the government like that's scaring people right mm-hmm, uh right. say oh it's, it's a huge deal but when like i go out into the street it's like an everyday normal life right yeah, yeah. um i think that i i went to taiwan so two months ago now and okay. i actually got that question it's like oh my god you're gonna be okay like are you gonna be yeah. in the war zone but <laughs> We're like, yeah, we're, we're, we're out here like chilling at Sea La Vie or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Where yeah, yeah, it's, it's really crazy out here. But hey, you never know. Um, so yeah. uh, the whole entire thing with Russia and Ukraine, I was just like, never in a million mm-hmm. years would I have thought that, you know, in 2022, 2023, there would be a war, you know? Right. So mm-hmm. anything could yeah. happen. Everyone has the right to, you know be cautious or, you know, ask questions, but yeah, everyday life in Taipei, uh, is, is fine and you should come yeah. visit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm right there with you. Um, I don't want to make any promises, but I think I'll be in Taiwan March ish or so. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hit you up if I'm there. And, um, but yeah, I guess, um, that's all the questions that I had for you. I was wondering if you had any closing statements or anything that you wanted to say before we close. If you're good, we're good. It's up to you. Yeah, just uh, for the people that are thinking about, you know, getting out of um, the nine to five race, um, take a little risk, you know, even if it's starting something on the side, uh, like this this whole entire thing uh, was on the side while I was working full time. Um, and yeah, you never know where that side business could take you. Um, and yeah, you could truly enjoy the fruits of your labor. Um, just the, the freedom aspect is, is truly a game changer. I mean, I'm not making millions over here, but, um, you know, the fact that I can, uh, do whatever I want, whenever I want, um, is, is a huge bonus. And I feel like, uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts, uh, of, you know, not having a nine to five and sort of making your own schedule and whatnot? Yeah. So, uh, just, I, I guess just to be clear, I am in corporate America. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Okay. And so the, the thing is that like, I do travel from place uh, to place, and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do, um, I, I do have a set schedule and I have no, I mean, it's, I mean, that's why I work from home nomad. It's cause I, I do work from home in corporate America. Uh, I do nomad around and I've been in Latin America and I've been in Europe I'm a little bit scared. I don't know if scared is the right word, but I'm a little hesitant to do that in Asia simply because I would literally have to do like a 12 hour flip flop. I would have to be nights, working nights, um, sleeping yeah. during the days, which I'm trying to figure out a solution to that problem. Uh, and I'm thinking about hosting a community in Bali or something where yeah. anybody who's working US hours or whatnot can come and then you know, you won't have that quote unquote lonely or, uh, isolated aspect, social aspect, uh, to where like, Hey, you're hanging out with 30 people. Um, you're waking up at 8 PM, you're getting your work done. And then around 5 AM you're like, Oh, it's time to surf. And then you go eat breakfast and you go to bed. So that's kind of my, my vision there, my dream. But, um, anyways, like for me, I'm kind of doing the best of both worlds, right? I'm still in corporate America. The reason why I'm in New York City, uh, it's crazy, right? Like, that's how much I like New York. It's because I don't have to be here, but I'm willing to spend all this money just to live and breathe the air here. Um, wow. But that's like one of the that's one of the great things, though. I think is that like I have the choice, and for me, I really like New York City. It's one of the most fun cities. It's one of the greatest cities in the world. I like the hype. Um, I'm kind of like you, I guess, like I'm a hype man. Uh, I like hosting parties. Uh, I like going out. Uh, so, you know, for me, this is, you know, what I like to do. I'm still location independent. I choose to be here and you know, who's, who knows what's next. Uh, my lease is up in a month and a half. I do plan on going to spoiler alert, Brazil part three, Okay, um, and then spending New Year's, spending Carnival there, uh, coming back and spending some quality time with family. So, uh, you know, it's just such a great things things that like our grandparents would have never imagined doing, right? Um, like I, I don't know about you, but my grandparents were escaping wars in mainland China. 
Um, so they were war babies. My parents were basically war babies. Um, but are, are, I mean, if you don't mind me asking, are your grandparents, yeah. uh, they're from Taiwan or are they from mainland? Uh, my, my grandparents are from mainland. Yeah. Okay, so, cool. Uh, so why should run? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's crazy. Like all the like struggles we think about today that we have, you know, it's like, oh, like I don't like my job or, oh, um, you know, uh, this food is too expensive. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the struggles that our parents and our grandparents had to go through, it's just yeah. like uncomparable and we should just, you know, close our mouths. Absolutely. And not say a, a, a damn oh, word. yeah. So. <laughs> no, I mean, like I, I've been complaining about, oh, you know, this customer's being really hostile with me yeah. or whatnot. You know, you like, you have these complaints or whatnot. And it's just like, this is nothing compared to what they had to go through. Like my, my grandma had, um, uh, had my oldest aunt in jail. Like it's, it's crazy. You know, oh, wow. it's, and you know, it's, that's probably TMI, but sorry, mom, if you're listening to this, no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is what it is. Right. Um, and so we are here today and I'm grateful. I'm really glad to see what you're doing, Ethan. Um, like I said, I think not only is your story compelling, it's inspiring. Uh, I love it keep it up. We need, we need more people like you. Like this is, um, I'm, I'm glad I'm doing this podcast episode with you. So really appreciate you coming on today. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. And then, yeah, uh, hopefully in March, you said that you're coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully in March, just hit me up, let me know. And then, uh, I'll plan, I'll plan an event around you coming back. Oh God, dude, don't do that. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, plan, I'll, I'll plan an event around you coming back. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully that, that mullet is, uh, it's going to be <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. One more thing before we close. I, we were supposed to close like 10 minutes ago, but, um, I, I grew out this mullet. It took 10 months, but it was at month six or something, whenever I met Ethan. So for him to see like nothing in the back of my head is a little bit weird for him, but, um, uh, you know, <laughs> it's all fun and games. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know, who knows what the next haircut is. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again, Ethan. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, dude. Any, yeah. Anytime. Have- yeah, have a good one. Yeah. Okay, well, I still, I still have, have to, to deliver, deliver, right? I can't, I can't just, just say, say, oh, well, never mind. mind.